Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with another installment of our NBL Focus show. This week, we're going to be tackling week two of the NBL final series, two thrilling series that went down, both went down to just just tremendous game threes. Uh, the results were less than ideal for what I was hoping for but still tremendous series in their own rights, which we will discuss very, very shortly. Before we do so though, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, those two fantastic networks doing fantastic things for not only us, but a multitude of other content creators out there. Certainly appreciate appreciate, appreciate all their continued hard work and support of our, our work over here at The Daily Dribble. Um, it certainly means a lot to us. Let's get into things. As I said, today we're going to touch on week two of the finals, both series, as I mentioned, going to game three next week. Now, the league's set to go a bit of a uh, a bit of a hiatus as the international break sets uh, sets afoot. But so I thought I'd recap the series. Then next week, I think I'll give my analysis and predictions for the upcoming grand final series. Um, give us something to look forward to next week. But let's start first and foremost with the first game that we had kicking off week two it was the Sydney Kings against the Cairns Taipans in game one uh, of their semi-final matchup. The Kings winning this one 95 to 87. It, it just, when your back's up against the wall, you really need everything to go right for you. And for Cairns, um, game time decision to McCall, he was ruled out of this one. Likewise, joining Keanu Pinder on the sidelines, and it kind of thought, you know, going into Kudos Bank Arena there, it was probably going to be a pretty one-sided affair. Early on, the Kings held ascendancy, um, largely off the back of Xavier Cooks there, Tim Tim Suarez putting early points on the board. But Cantor were able to fight back and with some big threes, hold hold a lead in the going after the first quarter, 26 to 25. Um, an explosive Jonah Antonio's second quarter helped guide the Snakes to a nine a nine-point halftime lead. And watching this one, I was kind of thinking, oh, do you believe in miracles? I certainly do. Um, Antonio had 17 points at halftime, going five of six from three. Has really been a bit of a non-factor this season. He certainly hasn't leapt off the page as many of these other Cairns players has. But I think just due to that fact, they uh, the Kings might have been giving him a little bit too much respect, and he certainly made them pay. As I said, 17 points in a half of basketball in the NBL is a phenomenal showing. From there, though, Sydney in the third quarter, they looked to switch, uh, to flip the switch big time in this one. You know, it was, it, you knew they were coming. Like, they are the reigning champs. They are the best in the league for a reason. And they proved as to why winning that quarter, the third quarter, 27 to 10, uh, which then turned the tables, giving them an eight-point lead going into the last quarter after being down by nine at halftime. Cairns tried to fight back. Uh, it wasn't to be their night. Xavier Cooks was absolutely massive. The reigning finals MVP had 27 points, 14 rebounds, one steal, one block, and went 11 of 19 from the field. While Derek Walton Jr. had 21 points, four rebounds, five assists, a really well-rounded performance for him. After an explosive first half, Antonio cooled down in the second half, finished with 20 points, six rebounds, but still a phenomenal showing for him, um, whilst DJ Hogue had 24, uh, despite being very cold from the three-point line at one of seven. In terms of overall statistics in this game, it was a really tight tussle. And, you know, as I said, Ken's 
Cairns were in the driver's seat for a big, big portion of this, predominantly due to their having more free throws and threes. Um, yet the Kings absolutely dominated inside the arc and the paint, especially. Um, as I said, Walton, uh, not Walton, Walton Jr. included, uh, but namely Xavier Cooks there really, really did a number on them. Nevertheless, a very valiant performance in defeat there, though. With that, though, the Kings held a 1-0 lead heading into the tropics. Game two. Cairns won this one 93-82. to 82. They came out with a real hunger and intensity the Snakes did on their home court there. Such a gutsy performance after being ruled out Game one, getting Tajir McCall back on the court uh, was huge. It was huge for them, not only in terms of output, but in terms of on-floor leadership. It's quite a young team, um, but having that guy who can steady the ship, it certainly made a considerable difference in this one. They were able to lead in this one by 13 points at halftime, very similar to game one, yet you always felt the Kings were going to make a bit of a run at it at halftime. Yet when Xavier Cooks went down in the third quarter, five minutes, 30 to go, uh, with what looked like a sprained ankle. And from courtside reports as the game was going, he was in quite a bit of pain. I'll, I'll touch on it momentarily. He suited up for game three, but at this point you kind of thought with the way the game was going, with potentially Xavier Cook sitting out, that Cairns could be in a bit of a driver's seat here, but uh, it wasn't to be, as I'll touch on momentarily. But in this game, though, you know, after, after Cooks went down, the Kings just seemed to lose their way a little bit. Um, never really got back into it. They were down by as many as 21 points with four minutes to go in the third quarter, and that was pretty well curtains. Uh, the the Taipans took a 71-55 to 55 point lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, from there, the Kings tried to really force and push things through Walton Jr. As I said, the damage had certainly been done by this point. DJ Vasilovic was just a non-factor, was a non-factor in this one. He scored his first point to the bowl game with a minute 20 to go in the fourth quarter. Certainly made amends for it in game three, but you know, all signs were uh, were really pointed towards a potential upset in this series. Even before Cooks got hurt, um, you know, he was struggling himself. Five points, four turnovers, went one of four from the free throw line. Walton Jr. was by far the best of their players with, again, 22 points, five rebounds, six assists on eight of 12 shooting just putting in some really consistent performances as he, as he's done all season long um, has really been a bit of a barometer for them. Four cans, Taji McCall, 20 points, four rebounds, seven assists. Certainly huge having him back in the lineup. Whilst DJ Hogue, this was a game where he certainly warranted that, that selection in the all NBL second team, 25 points, eight rebounds, four assists, went four of eight from three after having a very cold shooting game one there. Uh, the big difference in this one was undoubtedly the free throws, though. Cairns went 21 of 26, so 81% there. Whilst the Kings went 9 of 18, 50%. You've, you've just got to make your free throw. It's a tied, tied and true saying in, in, in basketball circles all around the world, free throws win games. Um, and that really was a big point of difference in this one. From that, though, the way the game went, we ended up having Chase Buford kicked out. Um, you know, I won't go into it too much, but there was a miss. There was a, well, it wasn't a miss call. It was an incorrect call. Quiet Noy um, getting elbowed in the nose. Uh, he was called for the foul. Ended up, you know, going off with quite a bit of blood. Chase Buford blew his lid, got ejected from the game. With that, as I said, Timmy Suarez was also up for a charging strike. Um, 
could have potentially missed game three. But with that, with Buford getting kicked out, with Xavier Cooks, you know, uncertainty hanging around his ankle, as I said, all signs were pointed towards a possible upset in game three. Wasn't to be, though. As has been the case all season long, you know, the, the Kings really kind of earned their merit. They kind of earned the respect of the league once again. They had a phenomenal showing, winning 79 to 64, really just showing that defensive acumen that probably almost goes underrated a little bit with this team. With the offensive firepower they have, we kind of hang their hats on that, and they do a little bit at times, but their defense in this one was second to none. Um, Cairns came out shooting hot, as they've done all season long, shooting the three ball, but the Kings were just able to do damage at the free throw line. Cairns really struggled with foul trouble in this one, especially early on. Bill Quall, Taji McCall, DJ Hogue all picked up two fouls in the first quarter, while Sammy Wardenberg picked up his second about 10 to 15 seconds into the second quarter. Um, so it really was a bit of a, a free throw fest in that first quarter. Yet despite that, Cairns were able to hold a lead in Qdos Bank Arena 26 to 20 at quarter time. The Kings dialed it up massively in the second quarter, though, with a 28 to 13 point quarter, which helped guide them to a nine point lead at halftime, 48 to 39. Kent would not go away, though. They weren't to be denied. Uh, the third quarter finished 62 to 58 with everything to play for in the last quarter. Yet in the fourth quarter, that, that championship pedigree uh, it really came to the forefront. Kent could not make a bucket if their life depended on it. The Kings ran away with victory 17 to 9 in the last quarter, which which was the damage, winning by 15 points in this one. Uh, it was a lot closer game than what the scoreline suggests. But again, they'll be contesting now back-to-back titles. Um, there's that opportunity for them at stake now. Um, as I said, the Kings, to their credit, did a fantastic job on the defensive end, especially nullifying the weapon that was DJ Hogue. As I said, he had a quiet game one. A pretty scintillating performance in Game 2, but the Kings locked him up to the nth degree in Game 3. Taji McCall, again, also had a big Game 2. He had an absolute stinker in Game 3. Uh, went 3 of 17 from the field. In this one, though, Ben Eyre, he was a shining light, very similar to Jonah Antonio in the first game. Uh, ben Eyre had 20 points, 4 assists, 4 of 8 shooting from 3. Was really electric in the first half. Seemed to kind of run out of legs a little bit in the second half, which was to be under, to be understood, um, given the way his season and minutes have gone. Xavier Cook, Squart Noy both had 11.11 rebound double-doubles, whilst Derek Walton Jr. finished with 10 points, four rebounds, nine assists. As I said, 2-1 victory in this series, a thrilling series it was. It really was quite chippy, especially in Game 2, heading into Game 3 as well. Um, Must-watch TV. As I said, the Kings rightfully deserved their spot in the grand final series, but taken nothing away from what Cairns achieved this season. They were without two of their key, key players in game two and game three in Shannon Scott. Um, likewise for the whole series, missing back-to-back most improved player Keanu Pinder. Um, they, did a, they did a phenomenal account of themselves. As I said, took it right up to the reigning champs. Should be very, very proud of the season they've had. You know, if injuries weren't weren't a factor, who knows how this series would have gone. Uh, but certainly hope they can keep this core intact and really make a run at it again next season because, you know, I, I use the analogy throughout parts of this season that they kind of felt like, for me, the equivalent of last season's 
Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA. You know, I've, I've got my team, the Tassie Jack Jumpers, likewise in the NBA, the Lakers. Yet that team that you can't help but root for, you can't help but cheer for, you know, is your kind of your secondary team. Uh, that's what Cairns were to me this season. So really, really impressed with the way they went about their business. Likewise, Adam Ford did a terrific job guiding this team, um, and they certainly should hold their heads very, very high. Let's move ahead to the second of our semifinal series. The, the Jack Jumpers, they were down 1-0 in this series. Uh, we touched on this last week. Game two, return to My State Bank Arena. The Jack Jumpers winning this one 89-78. A clutch-up win from the JJs on home court. It was really a back-and-forth contest all the way until the last few minutes of the third quarter. The JJs were really able to put their foot down on this one and claimed a pretty commanding win. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend this one in person, but I spoke to a lot of people in the aftermath, and the crowd was just electric. We love finals basketball down here. Um, tremendous for the state, tremendous for the team. In this one, Barry Brown Jr. had 19 points, Darrell Brantley 17 points, 9 rebounds, and Derek Pardon finished with 15 points and 11 rebounds. Whilst for the Jack Jumpers, Jack McVeigh, 16 points, three rebounds on five of eight shooting. And Milton Doyle, after a very quiet game one, stepped up with 23 points, three rebounds, five assists, and three steals. It was just a game of of really three-point shooting. That was the big difference in this one. The Breakers were ice cold, going six of 26 from three at 23%, whilst the Jack Jumpers went 11 of 28 at 39%. As well as, as well as that, uh, struggling from anywhere, they really struggled from anywhere that wasn't at the rim. Uh, they weren't able to hit one single mid-range shot, which kind of just made them really predictable for that that Jackie's defense. They were able to lock it up. They knew what was coming. The threes weren't falling. Um, it was really a, a really solid game plan. And as I said, a, hu- a huge win for them that set up that do-or-die game three, very similar to Cairns, Cairns and the, uh, the Kings there. This game three took place yesterday. I I was uh, I was buzzing. I've been buzzing the last couple of days since Thursday night, since we got the victory for this game three. I held a lot of hope that the boys would get over the line. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be the case. On their home court, the Breakers got the ninety-two to seventy-seven victory. Um, a hugely exciting first first quarter, first quarter and a bit um, from the Jack Jumpers. They shot the ball really really well. Turned it over a little bit more than you would look, well, a lot more than you would have liked. And Rob Lowe came off the bench and made a real, real solid contribution. Uh, he's been a, a real non factor for big parts of this season. He's had some real highlight games, but also had some, as I said, just non factor moments. But he came off the bench and just really helped stem, stem the bleeding for the Breakers. Um, as, I, as I said, a huge, huge hot start there from the JJs. They held a 25 to 21 point lead. Uh, it's very similar to the Kings Taipans game, though. The home team stormed back in the second quarter. The Breakers winning this one 28 to 17 in the second quarter, giving them a 49 to 42 point lead going into halftime. From there, the Breakers just continued to put the foot down, taking a very commanding double digit lead, leading by as many as 15 points in that third quarter. Before the JJ stormed back, mainly off the, the hot hand of Rashad Kelly. Um, his good work got them within striking distance, 67 to 64, heading into the last quarter. But again, it was essentially a carbon copy of the uh, the last series. 
the the offense just just dried up completely, completely for the Jack Jumpers there. Um, you know, the defense ramped up to a just a different level from the breakers, um, helping propel them to a 92 to 77 victory. As I mentioned, the difference undoubtedly in this one was the offensive boards. Derek Pardon was an absolute monster and monster and a huge reason as to why they held the advantage in the offensive board count 14 to 7. Because of that, they were able to get so many more field goal attempts, 72 to 59. And it's essentially a law of averages game. You know, the more shots you have, the more you're likely to make. Um, and with that, helped aid sending the breakers into their first final series in seven years. Jack McVeigh for the Jack Jumpers was a shining light, 22.7 rebounds, two assists on five of nine from the field. Whilst for the breakers, Derek Pardon, as I said, was monstrous. 15 points, 14 rebounds, five of them being offensive. Um, yet Barry Brown off the bench was just money. This was his game. This was his moment. And he stepped up 32 points on 10 of 16 field goals. He was a plus 24 when on the court. Um, his impact was just huge. And it's I've spoken about this again quite a few times throughout the season. Having a guy like that that can come off your bench, just be that offensive spark plug. You know, coming off the bench, he's a plus 24 when on the court. It's outrageous. It's outrageous and such a bonus to have. Again, similar to Cairns for the Jack Jumpers, take nothing away from what they've achieved this season. Their second season within the league, their second postseason appearance, a, a phenomenal effort. A phenomenal effort. You know, all teams struggle with injuries. The Jack Jumpers for this series did it without their on on court general Josh Majet. Um, you know, they should really hold their heads high. Um, it, it's it's It is disappointing. It's bittersweet. It's disappointing in the fact that they weren't able to make the grand final. Um, but again, it's so just endearing the way they went about this season. Um, I'm I'm already absolutely buzzing for next season. It's going to be a phenomenal. It's a, it is a phenomenal journey watching this team in its infancy grow. Um, again, I've mentioned this quite a bit, but the way it's kind of captured the hearts and, and minds of every Tasmanian, whether you're a basketball fan or not, it's a, it's a really a true testament of the work this organisation's doing behind the scenes. Um, it's uh, again, as I said, a phenomenal season. I'll certainly look to in the next couple of weeks once the grand final concludes. Do a bit of a season review, all 10 teams, break down how their seasons went. Uh, but for the Jack Jumpers, another really positive season, only in their second campaign. So uh, a very well done. But a huge congratulations there go to New Zealand. What they've had to endure over the last couple of seasons, namely with COVID, um, and pretty much rebuilding from the ground up. They've been in a bit of a dark place the last couple of seasons. And to put forth the campaign they have, and still going, mind you, uh, is is a very well-deserved reward for all the hard work they've done as well and what they've had to suffer through. Um, so I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing. The grand final series is now set. It will be the Sydney Kings playing host to the New Zealand Breakers. Game one for this one tips off on the 3rd of March, Friday night. Uh, as I said, next week, I'll look to give my analysis, my predictions for this upcoming series, and as well as just breaking down all the latest news from the NBL. Guys, we'll be back this week with another of our NBA focus show. Rowan Lee joining me to discuss everything from All-Star Weekend, as well as the fallout from the last couple of days worth of games. 
as I say, week in and week out. I certainly appreciate all the continued support. Continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, as well as, as, well as subscribing wherever you listen to the show so as to never miss another episode. It's been some week. It has been some week of basketball. Two two incredible semi semi-final series going to game threes. As a basketball fan, just as a generalist, a basketball fan, there's not much more you could hope for. I'm I'm jacked for this final series. As I said, I'll give my predictions next week's time. Till then though, guys, enjoy the off week. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.